credit to ProPublica because uh, they are out with an explosive report. We already know the wealthy don't pay taxes. I don't think we kn knew it was to this degree, to this degree. Uh, the headline, the secret IRS files, trove of never before seen records reveal how the wealthy, wealthiest avoid income tax. In 2007, Jeff Bezos, then a millionaire and now the world's richest man, did not pay a penny in federal income taxes. He achieved the feat again in 2011. In 2018, Tesla founder Elon Musk, the second richest person in the, wor in the world, also paid no federal income tax. Michael Bloomberg managed to do the same in recent years. Billionaire investor Carl Icahn did it twice. George Soros paid no federal income tax three years in a row. ProPublica has obtained a vast trove of internal revenue service uh, data on the tax returns of thousands of the nation's wealthiest people, I call them the oligarchs, covering more than 15 years. The data provides an unprecedented look inside the financial lives of America's titans, including Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Rupert Murdoch, and Mark Zuckerberg. It shows not just their income and taxes, but also their investments, stock trades, gambling winnings, and even the results of, the audit, of their audits. Taken together, it demolishes the cornerstone myth of the American tax system that everyone pays their fair share and the richest Americans pay the most. The IRS records show that the wealthiest can perfectly legally pay income taxes that are only a tiny fraction of the hundreds of millions, if not billions, their fortunes grow each year. Jeff Bezos, 99 billion. Total income reported. And this is over a decade, by the way, 4.22 billion. Wow. Looks like, what is that? I'm not good at math. Less than 1%. Michael Bloomberg, 22.5 billion, 10 billion total income reported. 292 million he's paid in taxes on 22.5 billion wealth. Elon Musk. 13.9 billion, he's paid 440, 455 million, 455 million. No one among the 25 wealthiest avoided as much tax as Buffett, who says, by the way, remember Obama pulled Buffett along uh, to say secretaries, uh, Warren Buffett should pay the same as the secretaries. By the way, Warren Buffett was one of the biggest investors in the Dakota Access Pipeline. I don't know if you know that, uh, and other other terrible things. No one among the 20, 25 wealthiest avoided as much tax as Buffett, the grandfatherly uh, centi-billionaire. That's per perhaps surprising given his public stance as an advocate of higher taxes for the rich. According to, according to Forbes, his riches rose $24.3 billion between 2014 and 2018. Over those years, the data shows Buffett reported paying $23.7 million. That works out to a true tax rate of 0.1% or less than 10 cents, less than 10 cents for every hundred he added to his wealth. I wanna move down because this one stood out to me. Consider Bezos' 2007, one of the years he paid zero in federal income taxes. Amazon stock more than doubled. Bezos' fortune leapt 3.8 billion according to Forbes, whose wealth estimates are widely cited. How did a person enjoying that sort of wealth explosion end up paying no income tax? In that year, 
Bezos, who filed his taxes jointly with his then wife, reported a paltry for him 46 million in income, largely from interest and dividend payments on outside investments. He was able to offset every penny he earned with losses from side investments and various deductions like interest expense on debts and the vague catch-all category of other expenses. In 2011, a year in which his wealth held roughly steady at 18 billion, Bezos filed a tax report reporting he lost money. His income that year was more than offset by investment losses. What's more, because according to the tax law, he made so little, he even claimed and received a $4,000 tax credit for his children. His wealth is at 18 billion. He got four grand from the government. His tax avoidance is even more striking if you examine 2006 to 2018, a period for which ProPublica has completed has complete data. Bezos's wealth increased by 127 billion, according to Forbes, but he reported a total of 6.5 billion in income. The 4.1 billion he paid in personal federal taxes is a massive number, yet it amounts to 1.1 true tax rate on the rise in his fortune. And just look at that chart. Jeff Bezos's wealth all the way up there, total taxes paid all the way down there. That wealth, that chart looks eerily similar to uh, productivity that has skyrocketed among workers and wages that have stayed flatlined uh, among those same workers. So these are absolutely staggering numbers. Absolutely staggering numbers. What I find amazing about this, what I find amazing about this is clearly these loopholes, which Democrats claim uh, they want to get rid of, uh, these loopholes exist because just like the trade deals that have been written by uh, multinational uh, co companies and the banks, uh, the tax laws are essentially written by multinational conglomerates and the banks. Uh, so loopholes, yes, but the bottom line is, the, you know, the financial industry and Wall Street people will say, but Jeff Bezos and Amazon lost, uh, lost money, bled money for, you know, the first decade of their existence before turning a profit. So after they lost money, you want them to pay, uh, pay uh, significant taxes? What motivation is that? Uh, for entrepreneurs, once they actually succeed, that you're going to take uh, money from them. Well, first of all, Amazon has largely succeeded through illegal behavior, like stealing proprietary information from smaller startups that pitch Amazon, uh, and then Amazon steals, <laughs> or just does a copies whatever the product is, uh, and sells an Amazon version, and you see the Amazon version higher up uh, in um in the queue on Amazon, uh, they do, a, you know, obviously they're a monopoly. Uh, so there's a lot of illegal things that Amazon does. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, Jeff Bezos and Amazon were able to succeed because of the American economy, because of, frankly, the unfairness of capitalism, because of the rigged system that is capitalism. Okay? So, Jeff Bezos, I don't really care if he lost money for 10 years, 20 years. He's making a lot of money now. He lives in America. He 
barely pays his workers a living wage. I'm sorry, I don't call the $15 minimum wage uh, a minimum uh, a living wage. It's better than the $7.25, but go ask around if most people could live on $15 an hour. Well, no. So it's kind of absurd that these individuals, and it's not just them. I mean, it's wealthy people across the board get away with not paying a dime, uh, get away with paying less than 1%, get away with paying 2%, when literally they are the ones, they are the ones keeping wages down for workers. They are the ones literally hurting their workers. I'm talking to Amazon workers a lot more. Uh, we're going to go through our new Substack piece in a bit. Uh, they're physically hurting workers. They're mentally hurting workers. And we hear a lot from the Democratic Party that they want to do something about this, close loopholes, this and that. Well, they have a majority right now in the House. They have a majority in the Senate. Biden is president. But the problem with that is Biden and the Democrats and the Republicans, they're focused on 2022. They need these same Neanderthals like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Michael Bloomberg, who, by the way, gave $18 million to the DNC. Uh, during the campaign, 18 million, um, they need their money to continue this gilded age uh, political system, which is literally destroyed by money. So they're not going to do a damn thing about this. But you, oh, you're going to have to pay every last dime on your taxes. You, and stories have come out, come out about this recently, the IRS doesn't have the enforcement mechanisms or the manpower to actually go after these wealthy people. So they focus on smaller claims, on the worker bees, like you and I. And we're told that we're going to build back better. By the way, all of these corporate Neanderthals, uh, you know, the media, uh, oh, the media reports Jeff Bezos is going to space, patron saint Warren Buffett. Elon Musk, who's crazy, they do a lot of fawning media coverage. Meanwhile, they're ignoring the fact that in, I think, less than uh, about three weeks, millions of people are facing eviction in this country. In some cities and states, they've already been evicted against, even though the moratorium hasn't lifted. People are prematurely losing their unemployment. Uh, people, they say, oh, wages are going up. Well, once the unemployment is taken away from Americans, wages are going to go back down because uh, workers won't have the choice uh, not to rush back to work because they have that safety net of unemployment. So this is all smoke and mirrors. They're not Democrats are not interested. In, obviously, Republicans are not interested in changing this. Democrats are not interested in changing this because there's a blatant, corrupt conflict of interest. Let me repeat a basic, corrupt conflict of interest when you have. The same people not paying taxes, the same people whose lobbyists, accountants influence the government, lobby the government, same people, the Democratic Party and, and Republican Party are desperate for their money, are desperate for their fundraising power. I mean, reports are coming out today that Joe Manchin, uh, who says he wants to save democracy, which is a joke, well, the remaining Koch brother has really lobbied him hard to not change the filibuster, to not vote uh, for new voting 
uh, voting laws, the For the People Act. So, I don't know. Kind of think there's something corrupt in Washington here. And the thing that is so insulting, think about this. This thing is so insulting in the Bezos example. $4,000 that you're receiving $4,000 back, Jeff Bezos, when your wealth, let me get the number again, when his wealth was at $18 billion, can you imagine what a waitress receiving $4,000 back from the government or a secretary or uh, a hotel manager or a plumber? Keep going. Can you imagine what getting $1,000 back from the government would do? 2000 back, 4000 back? For actual workers, that could actually change their situation, not permanently, but give actual relief, allow them to put away some money. Remember, the majority of Americans don't have $400 for an emergency. But Jeff Bezos is getting $4,000 back. So I've been kind of on the Amazon beat the last few days because I went to the Staten Island warehouse last week, built some sources, made some contacts, and boy, are they, they taking what they did in Bessemer and jacking it up, except jacking it up quite a bit. Let me put the story in the super chat if you want to read along uh, right there, Substack. And again, you could sign up for free. So nothing stopping you from signing up for free. Please sign up for free. If you can't pay that $5, sign up for free. So let's uh, read what I discovered. And I'm working on a bigger story than this. This bigger story will show some significant problems with Amazon and racism. So get ready for that. So I want to read uh, what I just uncovered. Again, this is on Status Substack. We're calling it Status Substack. Exclusive, New York Amazon worker files complaint with National Labor Relations Board after a security guard blocked him from passing out union cards. So we've already broke uh, on this Substack. We posted the insane uh, anti-union messages that workers are bombarded with throughout the warehouse that, interestingly enough, after we reported it last week, Yesterday, a lot of the signs came down. I don't know. I know Amazon follows my Twitter, but Amazon started taking down a lot of the union bashing signs all over their um, warehouse after I reported on it and status quo reported on it. So points for us. That's why independent investigative reporting is important. Fresh off of uh, us posting the images, we found out uh, fresh off a complaint filed by uh, Staten Island Amazon worker Derek Palmer with the National Labor Relations Board over Amazon erecting an outdoor chain link fence to obstruct workers' unionization drive outside, Status Quo has learned another worker in the same warehouse has filed a complaint with the NLRB after a security guard blocked him from passing out union literature in the break room. Quote, I was handing out union literature in the break room and security came and confiscated it from me, which is blatantly against the National Labor Relations Act uh, NLRA, Connor Spence, a JFK 8 employee who is part of the Amazon labor union group uh, attempting to form a union, uh, told Status Coup. Spence pointed out that the security guard was with a third party company, Amazon Contracts, called Metro One. So something if you don't know it about Amazon, they hire a lot of third party companies for security, 
uh, for um, consultants, which are really union busters who come down to Alabama, who come down to New York. Uh, it's in part so they can have plausible de deniability uh, if there's some bad apples among their contractors doing bad things. So as, uh, as Connor pointed out, Amazon likes to, quote, hide behind the third party, but Amazon is responsible for what their third party employees do, he added. And there you see the subscribe now button. So you can subscribe to our Substack for five bucks a month. We're really trying to build up Substack as a compliment uh, or, you know, eh, compliment, alternative, whatever, uh, to YouTube because YouTube's just killing us and a lot of other channels. The literature Spence handed out on May 16th were pamphlets that explained Amazon can't interfere with union organizing. But when he began placing the pamphlets down on the break room table, a security guard approached him, took a picture of his badge, company badge, and told him, quote, you're not allowed to do be doing that, and took the pamphlets. So you got to love the irony. He's putting down pamphlets to explain to workers who are bombarded all day with anti-union messages, who are being psychologically intimidated into even considering the union by Amazon, He's putting down pamphlets to dispel that, to say Amazon cannot, cannot um, interfere with union organizing. And that pamphlet actually uh, referenced the case in Queens that Amazon had to settle uh, because of union busing. So while he's putting down those pamphlets saying, don't be, basically, you don't have to be scared. You can consider the union. You can talk to us. A security guard comes over and pulls away the pamphlets. So as Spence pushed back to the head of security, section, as, as Spence pushed back uh, to the head of security, Section 7 and 8 of the NLRA, the National Labor Relations Act, outlaws employers from interfering with union activities such as the type Spence was conducted, conducting. He filed a complaint with the NLRB regional office in Brooklyn the next day, but it was only yesterday, June 7th, that Amazon's HR, the head of HR, called Connor into a meeting and according to him, apologize for the security guard obstructing his attempt to hand out union pamphlets. Quote, we just want to apologize what that security guard did. He wasn't directed by us to do that. Yeah, I'm sure. You have your right to hand out literature in the break room. Sprints recounted uh, the head of HR telling him, adding that it's a big deal that Amazon's head of HR admitted guilt. But HR was informed about the incident by security soon after it happened, Spence claimed, making an apology nearly three weeks later, likely connected to his complaint with the NLRB. Quote, I don't know if they did that because the NLRB has decided to move forward with the complaint. If they wanted to apologize, they could have done it the same day or the next day because they know about it since it happened. HR's apology to Spence on Monday came the same day status quo learned Amazon took down a large volume of anti-union signage it had bombarded workers with in the back and front of the Staten Island warehouse. Quote, recently they've been taking down a lot of the union busting stuff. I think they're getting scared, Spence said, alluding to other media outlets that are currently digging into Amazon. Won't hold my breath, but I have heard that a major outlet is planning uh, an Amazon piece about their heinous uh, safety conditions during the pandemic. At the same time, Amazon pulled back on some of its most aggressive union busting. The company also sent out an email and text to JFK eight workers on Monday, listing the great benefits workers receive on the first day of employment. What Amazon does is as they are union busting, okay, as they, uh, from what I'm being told, refuse to pay disability claims for hurt workers who are then forced to go on state disability, 
um, don't pay their workers what they're worth as they do all these things, as they threaten workers with termination for not being productive enough. So as they do all these terrible things, they mix it with positive reinforcement. So uh, signs like we are here for you, which I'm going to get to. Um, email, text messages and emails reminding you of your great benefits uh, on day one at the company. Benefits that don't include paid sick leave. Um, so it's a psychological war. They give you a lot of uh, brainwashing propaganda about unions. And then they try to tell you, you no, you have it good. You don't need the union. Look at your benefits. Look at your pay. We, we give $15 an hour. In New York, it's a little more. It's propaganda. It's propaganda. If, it, if you can't live off your wages, your benefits don't, don't, I don't want to say don't matter, but are not sufficient. If you can't live off your wages, if you have to struggle off your wages, working 10, 12 hours a day, almost every single Amazon workers I talk to has physical injuries, most common back problems. I want to also point out uh, the positive messaging came in addition to messaging around the warehouse that says, we are here for you and urging workers to reach out to their manager or HR if they have any question. So there's one of the signs that workers are indoctrinated with uh, alternate signs from the majority union busting signs. But one JFK worker told status quo, the Kumbaya signage is bunk. Quote, people are terrified in there. They're terrified of losing their jobs. A lot of them support families. A lot of them have kids. Some of them are taking care of their parents and grandparents. Natalie Monarez told status quo. She's a worker. She added that the warehouse workers are threatened with termination daily by managers and supervisors if they aren't working fast enough. Quote, the leadership tactics are all about fear and intimidation. It's reinforced every day. As status quo previously reported, Monarez went to the same HR claiming that we are here from you at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, attempting to help an older employee with health issues. Quote, I went to HR in March 2020 and said there's a senior citizen I work with who has diabetes. She's more vulnerable to this COVID. So can I get her an N95 mask? Because I know you guys have them here because all of HR, keyword, key phrase, all of HR, the executives and managers had N95 masks on in March 2020. And the HR representative just looked at me and without even hesitating said, we're not giving them out to workers. You have to have a doctor's note. So think about that. Think about that. Managers, supervisors, and executives were given N95 masks in March 2020 when this pandemic, well, when this pandemic hit America. I think it hit America a little bit earlier, but they wouldn't give their workers N95 masks. They wouldn't give their workers any type of mask. Why? Because they wanted to save it for customers because profit was more important than people. Profit was more important than the people making that profit. And somebody who has diabetes and an older worker get a doctor's note. Meanwhile, all the aristoc arist aristocracy at Amazon had their N95 vests. And they're putting up signs, we are here for you. We had, there was 20, that we know of, 20,000 cases of COVID at Amazon. God knows how many deaths. Amazon, shocker, didn't respond <laughs> to me. The third-party uh, third security 
didn't respond. Uh, the NLRB did respond uh, to me. I'm just waiting uh, for them. Uh, so I'm just waiting for their response. They were asking me for the case number. So uh, once I have their response, we'll update the article. But honestly, to me, I, I think a lot of people think companies like Amazon, it's just insurmountable. There's no way to go up against them. And I don't want to diminish what they did in uh, Bessemer, Alabama. But Bessemer, Alabama, Alabama is 8%. 8% of workers are unionized. Pretty bad. New York, 22% of workers are unionized. One of the top rates in the country. I'm not saying New, New York is a progressive uh, populist bastion. It's not. Andrew Cuomo is the governor. Need I say more about that Republican? who also is creepy and does sexual harassment and has been accused of assault too. Um, but New York is better fighting ground for these organizers who I'm not going to say all of their strategy because I don't think Amazon knows all of their strategy, but it seems they have learned some of the lessons from Bessemer, Bessemer's failure. It, also, they're not doing this through a union. They're doing it through the workers. The workers in Bessemer did it through a union. I'm not attacking that union, but sometimes unions are not as connected to the workers they're trying to represent. Well, in this case, workers are approaching um, other workers to try to talk to them about the union, try to dispel the myths Amazon, the propaganda feeding them, uh, handing out union cards, setting up barbecues right outside the warehouse to which Amazon put a fence around with a beware, do beware of dog sign and private property sign. 